This is Georgia Bulldogs by the numbers. My name is Tug Coward, along with Brent Rollins at UGASports.com and Pro Football Focus College. We will discuss the Georgia and Charleston Southern game. Shouldn't be a surprise. Charleston Southern averaged about 1.9 yards per play. That's why the score ended up being the way it was. But just the fun of the game, we'll discuss that. James Cook was a standout, of course, and the quarterbacks kind of went through the motions. What does it all mean, and where does it take us next? Coming up on Bulldogs by the Numbers. The warm air, the sounds of baseball, it's got you thinking about hitting the road. And no matter where your adventures take you, Subaru of Gwinnett has a vehicle to get you there safely and in style. Like the 2024 Subaru Outback, sporting standard symmetrical all-wheel drive and up to 32 miles per gallon. Or the 2024 Subaru Forester, the SUV with a spacious and comfortable interior for everyone you want to bring along. Start your shopping online at SubaruofGwinnett.com, then come see us for a test drive on Satellite Boulevard in Duluth. This morning in the Atlanta airport, no one's missing a meal on Mac Wilburn's watch. With 11 restaurants to serve passengers, he's got dining for every destination. And it all started when Mac talked with First Horizon Bank about opening a franchise in the airport. Now it's open for business and cleared for takeoff. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Mac. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Welcome to Georgia Bulldogs by the Numbers. My name is Tug Coward along with Brent Rollins of UGASports.com and Pro Football Focus. We're breaking down the Charleston Southern game. There wasn't much to see. It's no surprise that the score ended up being what it was. Charleston Southern had like 68 plays and they averaged about 1.9 yards per play. The Bulldogs went on to a a, a given victory, if you will. I, I know you can't count any team out, but that one you could. Yes, very much so. <laughs> that school has 1,400 kids. I've been there this year with my own son to go through a, a baseball prospect camp. Beautiful little campus in North Charleston, South Carolina, but not anything that was going to pose any sort of threat to the University of Georgia and their quest to be undefeated this season. What did they get paid? Do you know? I, I don't know, but... Good bit. Good little check. I would for them. imagine seven fifty probably. I mean, yes. It seems a about lot of money. Right. Yeah, a whole bunch. That'll More probably money than they've probably gotten from their ticket sales. Yes, and boosters and everything combined for that matter. Yes. I would imagine Thanks for their program. Absolutely. It it probably helps pay for the entire year next year and maybe even the following year. But it was a fun game in the fact that it was senior day and uh, Georgia had up to like 30 seniors that were yes. going to be graduating and walking. But uh, there was nothing more spectacular than the day that Jordan Davis had plays the way he always does. He's mentioned in the Heisman conversation, at least he scored his own touchdown. He led the band, the red coat marching band. And it was so cool to see him. And the band was so fired up that he was up there celebrating with them. It was just the fun of the game as you described it. Yeah. And when you think about it, if, if you say, hey, how Jordan, when you come back and you make that decision to come back and senior day is going to be Charleston Southern, how would you envision it goes? He would probably say something like, hey, I score a touchdown and then we kill him and then I lead the band at the end. Like he would tell you that maybe before the hand <laughs> and right. it actually happened for him. So right. walking off the field last time between the hedges for him and a lot of other vital players, especially a lot of players likely on that defense. Uh, they they did what they do normally and, and took care of business against a much, much weaker opponent. Yeah, no, it was uh, it was picture perfect. My son was actually down there. His, his buddy's being recruited uh, by Georgia at the kicking position. He's a, a kid out of Alpharetta High School 
Cooper West is his name. And uh, so Jacob got to be there with Cooper down on the sideline before the game. And, man, he said Jordan Davis is the largest human I've ever seen. He was like, seeing him on TV does not do it justice. No, and it how doesn't. big this man is. No, it doesn't. And, and then you see him move for how big he is. Now, what was amazing about the touchdown is, like, the play before was where they gave it to him to play before. Like, that was the – to me, the one like that was where it's like, oh my, he you know jumped three three yards before he t- took off too soon. Like that was legit big time athleticism. After they did that play, and then they obviously they line it up and you know shift and and do it again. My biggest thing was okay, don't get hurt. You saw when he scored the touchdown, the guy from the edge literally just came in and dove at his ankles. Yeah, and he fell across and scored, and it was awesome. And he lay, he's laying on Warren Erickson, and I'm sure that felt great for him. But <laughs> it was great to see that it was great to see that hey you know you could probably do a little something with that in the future you know fake that to him and then you know put darnell in the back of the end zone or something like that but also you know jalen carter on the outside you know running a little hesitation slant route like he was like he was a true wide receiver it's just a fun play fun thing to do especially on a day like that against an opponent uh, like that and look you had three different quarterbacks throw for touchdown passes you know you had uh, jt daniels carson back and uh, stetson bennett which was great you know you need to get those guys with some touches and a game like that's perfect to do it oh yeah i mean you think about how many people got a rushing touch or a carry and then also a receiving you know a reception like that the, those numbers were huge and it's it's one of those things where when you play an opponent like that that's you know that's kind of the goal almost is let's get as many people who have just busted their tail all year touches and they did a lot of it and I think it was I mean it's probably almost like 15 plus different players in terms of at least that many maybe close to closer to 20 in terms of a rush yeah right around 20 I think in terms of a rush and a reception so you know like somebody like Brett Seether yeah uh, who who I got I've his met. first good, ever good, touchdown reception yeah good kid gets a touchdown reception. He's not going to be a like big time SEC tight end. He's just not big enough. But you know he's still there, busting his tail the whole time. It was good to see. Like from the main player guys that we normally talk about perspective, James Cook with another touchdown, a couple oh, yeah. big runs. Him and Zamir White, like those guys finishing off their senior seasons, coming back like they did. What's amazing about the two of them coming back is you, know, you think, all right, you come back, you might be the same player. They've been infinitely better players than they've ever been. Yeah, it's impressive. Especially, I mean, both Samir. You know, earlier in the season and toward the middle of the season, not so much the last couple games, but or the last game against Tennessee. But Cook has been on another level recently. When you look at sort of the numbers for him, his first three years that he was at Georgia, 26 missed tackles forced on 117 attempts and three point right around 3.3 yards after contact per attempt, seven touchdowns. Just this season, 20 missed tackles forced on 82 attempts. Almost three point, almost four yards per carry after contact and seven touchdowns again. So he, Goodness. the production from him, you can just see it. It's night and day difference in terms of him between the tackles, his patience, his ability to navigate uh, holes between the tackles. It's been great to see and a big deal for this offense moving forward as we get into these big time games. Talking about the offense, I'm sure you watched the Alabama game for Arkansas to only lose by a touchdown to Alabama and Georgia blew out Arkansas, that gives me good feeling about the SEC championship. I'm not saying it's going to be a walk in the park. I'm not pretending it's going to be that, but it does give me confidence. No, it's one of those things where, I, from, I bet from a Georgia fan's perspective, if you remove the fandom part of it, you know, it's a, hey, this is a 10 to, we're 10 to 15 points, 10 to 14 points better than this team mm-hmm. kind of feeling. Yeah, Talent up and, down the, up and down the board, but 
it's Bama, but Always. it's Saban, Always. but it's a huge game. Yeah. But, you know, the, but, 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 you know, yeah, you just got to do it. No, you do. You're exactly right. There's no doubt about it. But it, yeah. you, you can't help but to add the but in there to say, but I feel pretty good. Yeah, exactly. And once the whole victory part and get, get over that hump, well, when it happens, it happens. And then you'd be like, okay, we got it. Let's move on. Yeah, Karis Jackson had like uh, 79 yards in punts. Along yep. And he walked, 41. by the way, as a senior. Yeah, which like, is cool. Because he technically could have come back for another season, but obviously it appears like he's going to uh, move on uh, to the league. You know, what's interesting, you know, when we talk about the offense, this is actually a record-setting offense from a points-per-game perspective. Mm-hmm. Since they've gone to a 12-game schedule, the highest points-per-game, and we talked about this before the season, the highest points per game that Georgia has scored is in 2013, 37.8 points per game. The offense right now is at 40.3. They just have to kind of get two or three touchdowns against or three or four touchdowns against Tech, uh, which is very likely. Uh, <laughs> and and they will set sort of a single season, regular season scoring record, which wow. is something maybe that many probably didn't, you know, watching the games like we have all year, you haven't really maybe thought, oh, this is a record setting offense. Well, it's going to end up being. Yeah, and and it's been fun to watch. Uh, they've spread the ball around, but they still their bread and butter is still running the ball. It really is, and, and especially in games like this when it's so easy to, like for example, if you watch Darnell Washington in that game against Charleston Southern this weekend, he blocked number thirty three on multiple occasions, like at least four or five different occasions, and literally just put him into the ground and buried him. I was just curious because the kid did not look that big. I looked him up. Thirty three was five ten two twenty five. Darnell Washington's going to absolutely yeah, annihilate. Eat, eat that kid, eat that kid alive. So it's much easier to do that. But there were some things I think in the passing game that you know they kind of messed with a little bit that was good to see. Uh, s- some you know, variations on screens, you know, things that you just want to put on tape a little bit. Another thing for for the deep for an opponent to prepare for, especially yeah. Alabama. Yeah, and then you have hopefully some various layers off of that that then let you get maybe big plays uh, in yeah. that game against Alabama. Yeah, it, it, it was a good tune-up for sure. This weekend against Georgia Tech, another one that'll be a good tune-up. got to keep everybody healthy, though. Yes, very much so. That's the goal. Get in, go get your lead. Go, basically, to go do what Notre Dame just did to Georgia Tech, mm-hmm. which is absolutely destroy them in the first half, get your guys out, uh, and, and get ready and rested up uh, to play in the SEC championship game. Yeah, it's a big time waiting for Georgia fans on December 4th. The night before, Chris Young, country star Chris Young, and uh, Mitchell Tenpenny doing a pre-SEC championship concert downtown Atlanta. I don't have all all the details on it, but uh, I just learned about it yesterday. So, uh, super cool to hear that. Love some good old country music and Georgia football, man. Is there anything that goes better besides a a cold beer? Uh, I think that's pretty much the the trifecta (laughs) right there. That's exactly right. So much fun. You're talking about passing, and 12 dogs caught passes on Saturday. It's the fifth time in since 2000 that at least 12 play, players caught a pass in a game, which is remarkable, too. You're just talking about uh, trying some things out, spreading the ball around, maybe giving some defenses something else to be concerned with. And one of those guys that caught passes was a big deal to me, and that's Dominic Blaylock. Yes. A guy who hadn't played since the SEC championship game against LSU in 2019. I was there. It was Finally. A, uh, it was, yeah. it was, that was a tough game. Tough game. Yeah. And, you know, the injury for him, and then he tears, tears the ACL again, misses all last year. Like, just the fight that 
that kid has gone through. And then he's dealt with like hamstring and all sorts of other issues, not necessarily the knee this year. And for him to finally get back on the field, like that just has to, I can't even imagine what that kid's been beginning to feel, you know, felt like actually getting back on the field. Like, Hey, yeah, it all, all the work, all the rehab, all the, you know, lonely sort of rehab, especially uh, finally paid off and, and he got on the field and, and maybe just maybe uh, he's somebody who can come in and, you know, give you a big third down reception. Uh, in, in a key spot in one of these games moving forward. How about Brock Bowers breaking Leonard Pope's record? There's there's a lot of records that guy's going to break. <laughs> no kidding, and he's a freshman, though. Eight touchdowns. He was tied with Leonard Pope until uh, last Saturday. Any record, I think, that a tight end owns is going to be broken by Mr. Bowers. Yeah, it was big times. It's lots of fun. Let's say we get past Georgia Tech and there's no injuries and everything's good. What's your thought on the SEC championship? Two things. One, how efficient can, is Georgia going to be offensively? Because I think this game is as much about Georgia's offense against Alabama's defense as it is the other way around. Because I think if they can be efficient offensively, then that's going to put a lot of pressure on Alabama. Secondarily, can you get Bryce Young to the ground? I think they're going to pressure him. He's been pressured constantly the entirety of the season. You know, Upwards of 35 to 40% of his dropbacks, he's been pressured. That's going to continue to happen. However, he is so adept at just slight movements to make something happen and, and just move in the pocket. He's and he's going to it's probably one of those things where much like that they've done with Stetson Bennett in, in bigger games or in, in necessary situations, they kind of take the governor off as a runner. And they're going to be like, hey, Bryce, if you need to get us, go get, it, us 10, get go get it more so this year, he's kind of moved to throw. But he's very elusive, very smart. Like if you're sort of my fear as a Georgia fan is just that that kid ends up being the best player on the field. That's the one thing where you're like, okay, because that can happen. Uh, sure. They still have issues, I think, within the offensive line. I don't think they're going to be able to run. Alabama's going to be able to run the ball at all. I think their running game is going to come from the quarterback. When that's the case, he's just got to be great and be great for a long period of time. And can he be? Can Because it's one of those things, if you do start hitting him, He's not the biggest. And much like they saw, you know, much like with Tua uh, in the 2018 game, the hits took their toll on Tua. And Jalen Hurts had to end up finishing that game. And obviously he won the game for him, but they don't have Jalen Hurts uh, behind Bryce Young. Who do they have behind Bryce Young? Uh, Paul, somebody. Like, I think exactly. he's a, yeah. Paul, somebody. I can't even, he's like a relative of somebody of Alabama lore, I think, if, if my memory serves yeah. me right. But <laughs> basically, not somebody who's played a lot of football and not somebody who you, you come in and think, oh, oh, we're we're in trouble. Uh, a couple, one one thing I think defensively that was unique about this game, where you can actually kind of tell, hey, this is maybe something moving forward. Is you saw a lot of Channing Tindall on the edge, and you know he's been a pass rusher, pass rusher extraordinaire, and he's but he's been much more effective, obviously coming from his linebacker position. But what you saw in this game with no Nolan Smith, no Adam Anderson, and I think there's a possibility that Nolan Smith is is good to go uh, for this week against Tech, at least a little bit, but. Because those two weren't there, you saw him line up on the edge a lot. You know, that's something where, all right, who, does he give him the best there? Is, is Quay Walker maybe better suited for that because of the size element? So that's one thing that would be interesting to see against Tech is how they deploy those guys and how they specifically Tyndall. Well, you had uh, four sacks in the game, Devontae Wyatt, Robert Beal Jr., Mondin had one, and Channing Tyndall and Trayvon Walker split one. And and so those guys are playing some solid defense. Again, it was Charleston Southern. But it's, uh, what, the fourth game or fifth game that they've had four sacks in the game this season? Yes. So they have been a solid unit up until this point and then just continue to punctuate it during the Charleston Southern game. When you think about moving forward, like that's the 
that's the strength of the team. And it's going to have to be, you know, when you think, hey, who's going to make a big play? It's someone in the front six. Yeah. It's one of the three linebackers. It's one of, you know, the defensive linemen. Who's going to make a big play and who's going to be kind of that unstoppable force uh, in these bigger games that are mo- you're going to have here in a few weeks. It is a uh, a good day to be a Georgia Bulldog. Expect nothing less out of next. Or is there any thoughts you have on next weekend's game against Tech? Uh, just stay healthy. Stay, me too. Other than that, yeah, me too. Take care of business. It's one of those games where you got to step on them and step on the throat or sort of early, much like Notre Dame did. Don't give team any team that is struggling any kind of confidence. Like, don't make it a you know seventeen to three game or a ten three game, thirteen three in in halfway into the second quarter. You know, don't don't allow that to happen. Go I take don't care of business. Go. No, I don't either. But uh, but you never know. That's what you want to avoid. No, nonetheless. Yep. This is Bulldogs by the Numbers with Brent Rollins. My name is Tug Cowart. You can find Brent's work. You can find him on social media at Brent Rollins PhD because he is indeed a PhD. And you can find his work at UGASports.com, which I encourage you to subscribe to. You can uh, get a yearly subscription for $99.95 or a monthly subscription, which is uh, $9.95. You can also get the college grading numbers from Pro Football Focus College. That's about $130 a year, but you'll be the most informed Georgia fan in the world. There will be nobody who will be able to talk to you about Georgia without you knowing exactly what they're talking about and probably being able to add on to the information. But it's that kind of information that you get at both of those websites. We appreciate you spending time with us. Hope you'll like, share, subscribe, and follow the show. Brent, it's always a pleasure to talk to you, man. Always a pleasure. And and what's cool about after next week is you're going to have a very clear picture to me of what the playoff is going to look like. Yeah, which I'm excited Because about. Michigan, Ohio State, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, like those two games, once those are kind of done, I mean, like we talked about last week, I, I, I'm a big Michigan fan right now in terms of yeah. if you want the perfect scenario for Georgia in, yeah. in the playoff. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, still yet, you'll know a, little, a lot more about what the, the final four is going to be uh, after this weekend. Yeah, what do you predict now that Oregon's out of the picture? What I think it's going to be is is – the interesting one is Oklahoma, just because of the the offense. Now, granted, they've been ranked down there for a while, but if they go beat Oklahoma State and then beat them again, and they're a twelve and one conference champion, yeah, that's one where all right, twelve and one Oklahoma versus you know thirteen and zero Cincinnati. If that's the case, if Cincinnati does run, go ahead and run the table. Like that's one where I, I could see it being interesting. If you know Georgia takes care of Bama, I don't think Bama is going to get in. So I think it's going to be. I do think it's going to be Georgia, Ohio State. I think I do think Cincinnati's going to get in, and that fourth team to me is either going to be a one-loss Big Twelve champion or Notre Dame. I could see it being either one, but I like our odds against all of them. Yes, uh, obviously Ohio State being the biggest issue. That's as long as you don't see them in round one. Yeah, that's where you want to go for sure. There we go. That's Bulldogs by the numbers. We appreciate you spending time with us. Make it a great Bulldog day, everybody. Little Chuck Daddle throwback. <laughs> <laughs> Have a good one. You too, man. Take care. Thepodcastpark.com is your home for the fans' entire stable of original podcasts. If you're a true Atlanta sports fan, you need to stay connected to shows like Welcome to Madlanta, featuring Atlanta's rich history of sports legends. College football fans will love the Chuck Oliver Show podcast. Two hours of college football talk every day, all year. And baseball fans get to dive into Domino's archive of baseball legends on hardball. Subscribe to all these great shows and so many more anywhere you get your podcasts or stream them free 24-7 at thepodcastpark.com presented by Associated Credit Union. The warm air, the sounds of baseball, it's got you thinking about hitting the road. 
And no matter where your adventures take you, Subaru of Gwinnett has a vehicle to get you there safely and in style. Like the 2024 Subaru Outback, sporting standard symmetrical all-wheel drive and up to 32 miles per gallon. Or the 2024 Subaru Forester, the SUV with a spacious and comfortable interior for everyone you want to bring along. Start your shopping online at SubaruofGwinnett.com, then come see us for a test drive on Satellite Boulevard in Duluth. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. Spring is here and baseball is back. You can't forget the derby. I love the hats. Do you have yours yet? My hat? I treated myself to a whole outfit. If you want to be able to treat yourself, then you should check out the Nest Savings Account at LGE Community Credit Union, where they want you to reach your savings goals faster. Take it from a pair of 680 The Fan wives. Head to lgeccu.org to find out what makes their team number one in Georgia. 